Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, Scott. Hey, James. How's it going? Another beautiful week in Southern California. That's right. Mm-hmm. Another week of no significant fun updates. What are we going to buy? I surfed, I surfed this weekend. Oh, good. Good for it's you. It's gross. Yeah, the red tide's pretty gross. The smell is, is uh, powerful. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what do we, we've got, a, not a question, but we've got a topic that's probably going to be impactful for a lot of people. Yeah. One just walk could, it could be a question. Um, what should I think about if I lose my job? Yeah. What steps do I take? What issues should I consider if I lose my job? Mm-hmm. Yep. Timely, yep. And I think relevant for a lot of people. And so this may be a longer episode just because yeah. there are a lot of details. And I think it could be helpful for the people that, that are certainly going through this one to make sure you understand all the things that you're doing, because when you're employed and things are good, all of your benefits, all of your income, all of your retirement planning, it's all done through your employer. And now that's done. Yeah. So uh, how do you pick up the pieces and figure out what's next? Absolutely. Yeah. Or the other thing you think about is if you're concerned, if you have any, any concern whatsoever that you may be laid off um, in the coming months, this is also topical because there's things you can do proactively. Right. Um, so if, if that's potentially you or someone that you know, um, this could be an important episode for you. Yeah. Where do you want to start with this? What, do, what would you say is the most important issue to consider as people so, have lost a job or think they might lose a job? All, all the topics are, are important, but the lifeblood of any financial plan and any financial life is cash flow. So I think we should start there. Yeah. yeah. And so cash flow just being income coming in. Income coming in and money going out, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, mm-hmm. it flows both ways. Um, so let's start there. And, you know, if um, I would actually probably start with if you are currently employed, but for some reason you, you just want to be really, really mindful and be prepared. Um, if you're starting there, the first thing I would go look at is what kind of an emergency fund do we have right, right. now? Right. Yeah, the, the, that's the reason you have an emergency fund is for when something unexpected happens. You want to make sure that you have cash in the bank that you can live on if needed. Yeah. And so with that emergency fund, I would, I would probably look at two things. One would be, you know, there's, there's a, the emergency fund and then there should be, in a sense, the emergency plan. Um, we're all more than likely spending less right now than we normally do anyway. But if you um, do fall under a financial hardship, what are the things that you must keep spending and what are the things you can choose to turn off? And then once you know what that looks like, um, you can figure out how many months of cash flow you have. Right. And, and it's probably a time just considering what things are looking like and, and when things might open up. This may be a good time to increase your emergency fund a little bit more than you think you might need in ordinary circumstance. Where right. in the past year ago, a few months ago, you thought if you might lose a job, you could probably get another one with a month or two. 
that might not be the case right now. So maybe consider at least increasing your emergency fund more than you would in ordinary times. But that's probably the most important piece, specifically if you have not been laid off, but you fear that that might be the case in the coming months. Yep. Another small um, component, if you're still working, but you think you might get uh, potentially get laid off in the future, if you have a flexible spending account, um, any ex- any expenses you can reimburse on that now, go ahead and do it. Because there's mm-hmm. a little rule with um, flexible spending accounts that after you've been let go from a job, you have 90 days to submit things. And if you have any money left in that account, um, it'll go back to the employer. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to, no need to lose that money. Go ahead and use it. Right. Use it or lose it clause comes in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And then look at uh, other forms of compensation. So if you lose your job in terms of looking at cash flow and where's income going to come from, there's other things like back pay or sick pay or vacation pay or potentially a severance package. Understand, are there other income sources that you'll receive of above and beyond just your final paycheck from your employer? Because those are details that you can use as you're looking at how are you going to get by over the next few months. And whether it's back pay or sick pay or vacation pay, those can add up, especially if you've been with an employer for, for a longer period of time. You may, you may have quite a bit coming to you from that, and that can certainly help get you through until you get the next job. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then if you were laid off, um, so getting laid off and getting fired are, are two different things, uh, typically. Uh, if you are laid off, um, you may be eligible for unemployment benefits, which right now with the CARES Act, it's even more expansive. Um, more than likely, there is some benefit that you uh, that could be available to you. So it'll definitely mm-hmm. be worth looking into if you do get laid off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the past benefits would last for 26 weeks before they would cease. And now I think it's extended to 39 weeks. So it just gives you a lot more time of, of income coming in to support you between now and the next position. So that's, of course, can be a lot of uh, a big source of income for a lot of people right now in between jobs as things are getting figured out. Yep, absolutely. Where should we take it from there? Uh, the next point is kind of look, look at your budget. And you made the point earlier when we were talking, a lot of our budgeting's kind of been done for us recently, you know, trying to figure out where can we where can we cut certain expenses. Well, a lot of things are closed. So things that we were spending money on in the past that were more discretionary in nature, a lot of those are just things we're not spending our money on anyways right now. But look at your yep. budget because you're looking at how are you going to make the money that you do have, whether it's an emergency fund or unemployment or whatever it may be. How do you make that last? Take a look at your budget and see where you're spending and see if there's anything that you can cut back on or modify in any way to make the savings you have last longer. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, and then, you know, once you know where that is, um, with if, if cash flow looks like it's going to be tight, even with the emergency fund and everything, go look at um, all of those components and see if there's anything that you can do um, in the interim to help relieve some of the stress of the cash flow that you have. So mm-hmm. obviously your emergency fund could be helpful, but also, um, especially right now with the CARES Act and, and with a lot of um, uh, lenders, they're, take, they're doing things to try to be helpful because we had to stop the economy. So, you know, if you find yourself in a tighter position, reach out to your, your lender, your, maybe the person who carries your mortgage or credit card or student loan, auto loan, and, and ask what is available to us during this financial hardship. 
Um, make sure you fully understand what they're offering. Um, don't just take it. Uh, and then also record what happens. Like talk who you talk to, what date you talk to them, all that fun stuff. Just because sometimes on the back end, things can get a little messier with he said, she said. Um, mm -hmm. But also a lot of this stuff is available on, on their websites as to what they're offering in this moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then if you, if you lost a job and maybe you're older and, and 62 or older, social security is available to you. And it may not be the best option for a lot of people. It certainly won't be the best option to begin taking social security right at 62. But if you're looking at your options and there's really nothing else, consider social security. See how that fits in the bigger picture of your overall retirement plan. See if there's not things you can do before that, whether it's living on other savings or retirement accounts. But know that Social Security is an option if needed in your 62 or older. Yeah. And the little caveat there is James and I have chatted again and again about how the one thing you can get as a guaranteed return is delaying Social Security. So mm -hmm. obviously, if you're in a moment where you need to take it, you might that might need to happen. But if there's other solutions for you, um, please look at those first. Look to do this first. Right. Yeah. So that covers cash flow. So the income, obviously, like you said, income and expenses, that's kind of the lifeblood of everything else. Everything else is going to flow from there. But what about things mm -hmm. like health insurance? What should I think about when it comes to my health insurance? Yeah. So I think if you're still working and you are concerned about it, um, obviously, we have a lot of shelter in place going on in many states. And in some states, we don't. Um, so some states, it's easier to get in to see doctors and uh, you know, dentists and eye doctors than others. But if you feel like, you know, potentially your company might look to thin uh, the, the payroll, um, you may want to go front load some of your healthcare while you're have a solid plan right now. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. have the time perhaps as well. So it could be a time mm -hmm. to go do that. Yeah. Use it if you can. Yeah. If, if places are open and um, you're able to get in because like you said, that will certainly be dependent upon what, what state you're in or what area you're in, but, but certainly yeah. do it if you can. And then look at ongoing coverage. If you work for a larger company, chances are good that you're, you will be um, most likely eligible for COBRA. And COBRA just allows you to stay on the, the plan that you had with your employer, at least have the option to, for the next 18 months. And the way that works is whatever your employer was paying for health coverage, and maybe they paid it all, maybe you paid part, whatever it was, the rate that you, they were paying for you, that rate stays the same, but now you can continue to pay that as an individual for up to 18 months. And so that's, that should be an option as you're looking forward if there was, um, if you have that benefit going forward. Yep. And then once you have that, um, you know, and then actually, I think in, there are instances where COBRA can actually last longer. Um, I believe Southern California and California can actually be up to 36 months under certain um, situations. But once you know, you know, it's a good bridge and then you can go look at, well, what are the best options moving forward from a cost benefit basis um, from there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you're married and you have a spouse that, that does have coverage, you don't need COBRA. If there's a plan through your spouse's employer, you can become a participant in that. Yep. Or if you look at Cobra and you just look at regular insurance on the, on the marketplace and the marketplace has better options or cheaper options, which isn't typical. Cobra usually is going to be a little bit better, but look at the marketplace and see if there's an option for you to get coverage there to ensure that you keep having health coverage, uh, even, even between jobs. Yeah. And it, it can also be helpful to reach out to um, someone who specializes in health insurance in this instance. Health insurance programs are, are typically designed so that there's, whether you talk to someone for help or not, the price points don't change. So, um, you know, you can have someone help you analyze what is a very cumbersome 
and difficult thing to navigate uh, to help you figure out what the best plan for you is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And in the same way we talked about cash flow, if you're 62 or older, you're eligible for social security with health insurance. If you're 65 or older and you lose your job, you should be eligible to sign up for Medicare if you haven't already. So Mm -hmm. look at that as an option, probably the best option for you at 65 if you lose your job uh, past that age. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that should cover healthcare um, pretty well. And I would say similar, and it's not necessarily in the outline that we're looking at, but same with life insurance too. If you have life insurance through your employer and they paid for it, there may be a portability clause where you can take that with you and start paying the premiums. But probably just best to have your own individual policy and not have it tied to an employer. So that's mm-hmm. that's a kind of a side note to the health insurance. Also look at life insurance to make sure that your family's protected even when you're in between jobs. Absolutely. All right, should we like move over to the balance sheet for people? Look at what they own and what they owe. Let's do it. Let's look at the balance Take sheet. Where do you want to start? Um, well, I think we've already I've already mentioned it once, but let's go back to the debts. Um, if you are uh, reaching a, into a financial hardship position, reach out to whoever your lenders are to see if they're offering any assistance um, during this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then things like student loans, certain federal student loans, the, those payments have been deferred, what is it, through September, I think. So make sure that yeah, if you September have the option 30th. of deferring mm-hmm. something or if you need help with the payments, reach out. A lot of them are providing flexibility. Some flexibility is required in certain instances just because of what's going on. Um, so make sure you're doing that. What if you have a 401k with your old employer? What do you do? Does it have to stay there? What are your options with that? Yeah, so you can you can keep it there. Um, you can also roll it over. Um, there are, uh, you know, if you have a loan on the on the 401k already, that gets a bit more technical. I don't know that we need to go into that right now. Um, but just reach out to your, uh, to the 401k group to ask what the steps are to roll your, roll your, uh, 401k over. You can always leave it as is in the place, you know, in its existing form, or you can choose to do other things with it, like move it to an IRA or something like that. Um, there's also, uh, it's a bit of a, there with the CARES Act. One of the things that they did pass, which I would, you'd probably want to be, it would be pretty rare for you to want to enact this, but you may be in a position where you need to. Um, They will allow uh, 401ks if they've been amended, or if you have an individual retirement account, you are allowed in this year to take up to $100,000 out of your IRA account, and there will not be a 10% penalty. You will have to pay ordinary income taxes on those funds, and then you can choose to pay the taxes on those funds either over the next three years or just in this particular year. Uh, and then if you pay those funds back over that three-year period, you can actually get some of that, uh, amend the tax returns to get those those uh, taxes back as well. So it's kind of a, it'd be like the ultimate backup. Like you would really need, um, need funds in a very specific way in that instance or to go touch them there. We would, I know I, I'll ask for your opinion, but I would typically never, rarely ever advise for a client to go use their individual retirement accounts or any type of retirement account during um, a, a slowdown in the markets, unless it was the absolute last place that they had to go. Yeah, if they burn through their emergency fund, if they burn through other investments or savings that they could access without penalty, 
and there's no other income sources, then yeah, it can be a last resort. But like you said, it's not ideal, uh, and primarily because you're going to be forced to sell things that are at a lower value today than they were a few months ago. So yeah, not only are you being taxed on it, not only is that money now not going to be growing for you going forward, but you're also having to sell it at a discount, which of course is the number one thing you want to avoid with your investments. Right, right. But it is something to think about. So, yeah. And, and another thing that this kind of ties into if you're looking for options or where does income come from, do you have a home equity loan or a line of credit that could be, again, a, a backup to your emergency fund, a backup to unemployment income and other sources of cash flow or, uh, or, or other assets? That's certainly better than a credit card. Um, it's certainly better in many times than taking money from your IRA or other investment accounts with your 401k. So if you have a home or line of credit, not necessarily what you want to do. It's not, it's not option one, but it's definitely an option that exists that's better than other alternatives. Yeah. And, you know, it's, this is what financial planning is all about, right? It's all about resiliency and building survival and surviving and thriving into plans. And the time to get a home equity line was tip, was, would be behind you. If you're already unemployed, you're not going to go get a home equity line. Honestly, what I've seen from lenders recently is that they're all tightening standards on everything. Um, and I don't even know if they'll be offering home equity lines right now. It's probably a case by case basis. So um, if you do have one though, it is a potentially an area that you can tap. So mm -hmm. it's something to keep in mind um, mm -hmm. to be a benefit and then be kind of the backup to a backup. Yeah. Right. Right. And then a Roth IRA too. So Roth IRAs, again, you, you would hate to have to take it out because Roth IRAs are great. All the money that's in there is going to grow tax free forever. It's going to be very, very good for you over time. But the nice thing about Roth IRA contributions, we talked about this on our podcast episode last week, is any contributions that you put into a Roth IRA at any time, you can pull those contributions out tax-free and penalty-free. It's mm -hmm. really just the growth or the earnings on those funds that you can't access until 59 and a half and or the five-year rule, whatever comes first. But any contributions you've made, you can access those. So if you've been contributing to a Roth IRA for the past few years and you lose your job, before you start to dip into other things that may have a penalty or may have taxes, look at your Roth IRA because that could be a place where you could take money out and not have any taxes or penalties to have to deal with while doing that. Absolutely. And then that's a good reminder because if you were a higher income bracket and maybe you're doing backdoor Roths in the past, remember there's that five-year rule that we have to deal with. So you can't really take those contributions out until you're past that five-year rule. But, um, but if you've done, been doing back to a for a really long time, um, it, it's potentially there for you as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then what about options? You know, a lot of people are getting, if, if, if they are let go or laid off and they have options, how should they begin thinking about those stock options? I mean, by that. Yeah. So there's really two components, right? Unvested, invested. Um, unvested, you're, if you're getting laid off, you're not going to have really much control over that. And if it's unvested, it's uh, it's, it's essentially gone, right? You just won't get it. Right. Yeah. Um, if you have vested stock options though, um, you'll want to look at, um, whether or not you want to, um, what you want to do with those. So typically if you're, if you're let go and you're not, uh, you know, fired for negligence or something like that, um, you have the ability to, to, um, follow through on your options. Uh, and you just need to see what the contract is, which will state how long you're allowed, um, to, to still make decisions. Sometimes it's a really long period of time. Sometimes it's a short time frame, um, which normally it's a shorter time frame, like 90 days or less when you see uh, when you're let go of a company. 
Yeah, and also make sure that you're not within a trading window. I've seen a couple of people recently where they have their options and they can't do anything until a certain trading window's passed. So don't say, okay, I'm like, oh, I could really use that money. Let me go sell it. You, you may not be allowed to sell until a certain blackout window or something like that's passed. So just check with HR, see what windows you have open for when you can sell that, and then look to potentially use those funds to, to sell them and maybe live on or do something else with going forward. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, along the same lines, because it kind of, you know, uh, stock options are tying more and more into the every every employee. But uh, when you get up to the executive ranks also, you'll see deferred compensation. So if you had deferred compensation and you were let go, there will be specific rules around that that you're going to want to look at as well. So, mm-hmm. and that could, again, be another source of income, but it's going to have some, some uh, strings attached to it. So you're going to want to know what that looks like for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about taxes? So how does, how does tax planning tie into all this? Yeah. So uh, a few ways, right? Um, uh, you know, if, so depending on what happens, uh, well, right now we're almost halfway through the year. So if you were in a higher income bracket and you were let go, um, more than like, you know, your tax bill could change depending on how long you're out of work and when you get back. But looking at the, um, the opportunities that you have will be important because there are actually instances where um, one of the things that you could potentially look at would be doing things like uh, Roth conversions in a year like this, if you're going to have low income this year, and it's going to be a kind of a one-time anomaly for you, um, you could convert uh, pre-tax money to post-tax money uh, mm-hmm. in a year like this. It kind of all comes back to making sure that first year cash flow is, is tried right. and true and you're going to be okay. Uh, and then this is kind of next level thinking in my, in my opinion. Um, what do you think? I agree. This, this is more something that you would do if, if you hit this, you lost your job, but you're in a really strong financial position and you're, you're prepared for this. So you have an emergency fund, you have uh, income sources that you can live on, whether it's unemployment or whatever else it may be. If you're in this position and it's not really impacting you too badly, this, this is a great time to do that. This could be a year where your income is a lot lower than it is usually and your investments are lower, at least temporarily, than they are usually. So what you can consider doing is take any IRA or 401k or other pre-tax accounts that haven't been taxed yet and convert all or a portion of that, probably a portion. It typically doesn't make sense to do all in one year, but maybe convert a portion of that to your Roth IRA. And mm-hmm. what that does is you're converting when you're at a lower tax bracket and you're converting when your asset levels are lower so when all the growth happens, well, that's happening in a tax-free account. And when your income goes back to normal, great, you already did the conversion. And this is, the, like you said, though, you do want to keep in mind, it's not just where do things stand today, but look, look through the rest of the year. Do you think you're getting another job again? Is your income going to go right back to where it was? Because what you want to look at is total income for 2020. And if total income's lower, then that could be a great case to do a, a Roth IRA or a Roth conversion. It could be a great time to... Do you have investments in a taxable account, so a non-retirement account? Do you sell some of those that are at a gain so that you pay tax rates today or pay potentially lower capital gains taxes than you otherwise would have? So right. it's, it's kind of that, that sense of, okay, it's a bad situation. Some things happened. What can we do to take advantage of it? And if you're in a strong financial position, you may be in a good position to, to do some of those things. Yeah, you're really making lemonade out of lemons here, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. it is possible. Absolutely. Any other, any other tax points or should we move on to, to career stuff? 
I think those are the big ones. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, what's next? So what about just career planning? So, so thinking ahead, obviously your income is going to drive your ability to do good financial planning. Mm-hmm. What should I do from a career standpoint going forward? It seems like more and more people are losing jobs. How do I, how do I position myself well to get back into the job market and keep moving going forward? The first thing that comes to mind for me is there are recruiters who are working um, all the time, but right now, even they aren't necessarily as busy because everyone's doing a a freeze, right? And they're doing things like um, uh, reviews of your LinkedIn profiles and of your CV and like help, like the more you can build your own network and then reach out to people who are going to be specialized in your specific um, niche of, of work. Um, to help you get on that next job as soon as it's available. That, that's exactly where I would head first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just know that people still are hiring. Obviously, the economy as a whole is taking a big hit, but there are certain companies out there that have are doing better because of one thing or another. Mm-hmm. There's other companies that are in a strong position that they will continue hiring. So I think the temptation can be, what's the point? Why would I even look for work right now? But there's some great companies that are looking for top talent right now because they know top talent's available. Uh, so stay out there, stay active, keep looking for stuff. And sometimes this is the best time to maybe start a company. You know, maybe you've been working and you've enjoyed your job, but you're, you've always had in the back of your mind that uh, you want to do your own thing or you want to start your own company. So it may be a great time to review any non-competes or non-solicitation agreements that you have with your old employer and see if now's, now's the time. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, th- I think that's that's great. I mean, I think uh, you know, it, for while it can be tough um, to go through this moment, it can also be a time of inspiration and stepping into more of who you want to be. Right? Like, if you know, this is a, if it's forced upon us, sometimes it, it can be seen as a, in a really negative light. But at the same time, if we can do all the things that we've just discussed to make it so we land as best we can, we can take this moment to look at well, what do I really want to be doing? And what are my best skill sets? And what did I thrive at in my last job? And what do I want to be thriving at in my next job? So that you can then start to talk to the people, go do the information. If it's, if it's a career change, go talk to the people who you admire, who you would want a career change into and, you know, have like Zoom happy hour slash coffees with them. Reach out and ask, right? By being interested and by being there, you're going to put yourself in a position to open yourself up to possibility that you won't get by um, waiting. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this has been a little bit of a longer episode than we typically do. But like we said, I think there's a lot of people with these types of questions of what should you do going forward if something happened. But other than what we talked about, we kind of walked through cash flow. So income and expenses, we talked about health insurance and life insurance, what to use with your investments or how to think about debt, tax planning. Anything else here? No, I think we're good. I mean, I'm sure there's other things, but I think we've covered We've covered a great deal. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks, Scott. Thank you. See y'all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our show and let us know. Leave us a five-star review and give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear what you're thinking. And the more reviews we have helps more people to find our podcast. If you have a question you want us to answer in a future episode, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there'll be a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for Scott and I to answer in a future episode. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time.
This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.